You're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast, focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. This is episode 48 with Nicola Dorio, who started a great project I wanted to discuss, BTC Pay Server. Nicola is also the creator of NBitcoin, a Bitcoin library for the .NET platform in C Sharp. Here's my conversation with Nicola. Nicola, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it looks I've seen you've been you've been doing so many interesting things and really impressive things really with uh, BTC Pay Server and so obviously I had to get you on and get you to tell a bit of your story and tell us a little bit about you know why you're doing what you're doing. So let's start with a little bit of when did you when did you get into Bitcoin and what was it about Bitcoin that drew you in? Uh, so what drew me, drew, drew me in Bitcoin is. Uh Basically, empty gox. Uh, when this empty gox crash happened, I didn't really give any shits. But it turns out that I was very surprised that Bitcoin was not dead after this. Uh, I didn't know what Bitcoin was. For me, it was just a startup money and like just a scam. Uh, but because it was still living, even by people who lost money to uh, to to empty gox, I got curious about it. And um, well, just uh, once you. St- start informing yourself of, of Bitcoin, you're never over. And like, uh, it's uh, maybe ar- around four years, five years I'm in this space and uh, still learning every day since the uh, first question I asked. So yeah, that's what drew me in, basically. Nice, nice. And then what was it also that drew you into work in terms of working on Bitcoin? Because obviously, I see you doing, you know, you're working really hard with BT- BTC Pay Server. Someone with your skills could easily go work in some large tech company, right? You could go work for a FANG, your Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, one of those companies, and probably earn hundred, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why do you work on Bitcoin? Well, the, because once you discover Bitcoin, everything seems a bit boring. So I'm happy where, where I'm in the case where I can basically... Uh, find the right mix uh, between flexibility, boredom, and uh, salary in my work. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, every right, right now everything I'm working, which is not Bitcoin, is basically uh, boring. So I, I, I can, uh, I can afford to, to push that away. Excellent. Okay. All right. Now let's let's get a little, little bit into what it was that drove you to you know go and start BTC Pay Server. I'd like to hear a little bit around what it was with BitPay that irked you. Okay. So, um, so basically, before the Bitwex uh, episode last year, I was pretty a big fan of what PayPal uh, BitPay was doing. Uh, I was using their wallet, which was Copay, which which was one of the best wallets on the market at this time. And uh, yeah, I was pretty supportive of them. And uh, I was a bit upset where when they start like pushing the narrative that it was a software upgrade instead of a hard fork and try to push all their merchants to support this new shitcoin and telling them that it's Bitcoin. I thought it was very fraudulent behavior. Uh, and the people that were behind it uh, didn't seem to care at all about it and never bothered to like you know uh, apologize for 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 this story so uh, yeah basically I, I found out that bitcoin why it might be uh, decentralized you know at the blockchain level 
because Bitcoin is hard to program upon, uh, lots of people end up depending on on a infrastructure provider, centralized infrastructure pro- provider like BitPay or like uh, I don't know Blockcipher or like some centralized uh, infrastructure provider. And at the end of the day, if everybody is like depending on them, then even if you have a decentralized currency, uh, you're you're still vulnerable to the kind of attack that Bitcoin is meant to prevent. So yeah, that's why I started like working on BTC Pay. I wanted to to provide an easy to host infrastructure that everybody can run, so they don't need those kind of third party services to to run their business. Excellent. And I think, Nicola, it might be great if you comment on perhaps the difference in opinion in the standing of BitPay back in the early days versus the standing that BitPay was in, in you know, sort of towards the end of 2017. The difference of what, sorry? In the standing, you know, the way people looked at BitPay, the way people would help promote ah. BitPay back so, in the early days, and then it changed, obviously. Yeah, so in the... So back in the day, like the Bitcoin community was very supportive of BitPay like I was. Uh, I think right now, like most of pure Bitcoiners, uh, like just hate them and prevent and uh, try to avoid merchants that accept payments via BitPay. So, but on the other hand, BitPay like become a bigger company and don't really care anymore about Bitcoiners. So I go, I think it goes both way. Uh, well, it's uh, on my side right now. I'm less worried about BitPay. So, like one years ago, they had like lots of lots of people were depending on them. Uh, nowadays, there is lots of competing payment processors. So not only Bit, uh, not only BTC Pay, but also like uh, um, Coin Payment and uh, Globi and like many many others that that start you know like fixing the gap that BitPay left in the market. So I think right now they are not really relevant anymore. Uh, and I think that's for the better. Right. And now tell us a little bit about the narrative in a little more detail. Let's talk a little bit about what BitPay were trying to do in terms of how they were trying to change Bitcoin. Whereas, say, the Bitcoiner type people, the average you know, individual person was not necessarily in, a, in favor of those changes. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically, I think their main idea was that the merchants that are using uh, BitPay uh, don't really care about you know all the drama about Bitcoin. So they can silently update them uh, without too much resistance because most of them like just want a way to get paid in Bitcoin and don't care at all about Bitcoins. Um, but well, lots of Bitcoiner, we can uh, we we can tell that lots of Bitcoiner are like a stubborn mi- minority in the sense that uh, if it ever happened that BitPay do this change, then pure Bitcoiner will never pay any merchants uh, with with this new coin. So like it means that we have a split and we have a new coin uh, coming coming along. Um, yeah. So yeah. I for, sorry, I forgot the the. I was just mentioning. I just wanted. Uh, I thought it'd be good to just touch on how BitPay were basically 
providing a different angle than what most Bitcoiners would have agreed with. Yeah. So they would say things like, oh, the network is congested and this is the network fee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, if you are a merchant and you don't care about Bitcoin, like you obviously believe uh, what BitPay is, uh, is saying. And if they tell you that the fee are high, then you don't complain. You have no way of verifying by yourself and you don't really care as a merchant. You know, lots of merchants don't really care at all about Bitcoin. So, well, I understand their position. I understand what they try to do. But at the end of the day, like the customers, the Bitcoiner will never use uh, the, such such currency that is controlled by a, by a few uh, infrastructure provider. So, well, I, I understand what they try to do, but I, I think it's it's useless. As long as people are refusing to... Customers are refusing to use this new coin, then it doesn't matter what they try to do, it won't work. Right, right. Uh, and I think it might also be good if you just touch on, just tell the listeners a, a little bit around BIP70 and, you know, some of the the yeah. contrast and the debate that happened on that particular BIP. Okay, so BIP70 is a, is a payment protocol which aimed to, like, remove, uh, have a have a sort of protocol to pay a destination which does not involve copy-pasting addresses um, and that unlock also some capabilities where a wallet can pay several destinations in one payment. Um, so the, the BIP by itself was... So for lots of reasons, it has been specified in a way that is very, very bad. I think it's very bad protocol, but like for purely technical matters, so... For example, they are using protobuf, uh, and it also adds a dependency at the ap- application level about PKY P- infrastructure. So it's very for people that want to implement their protocol. It's like lots of requirements. Uh, however, uh, so th- this protocol I think is bad, but like BitPay added some somewhere so an extension to this protocol actually, which allow the merchant to tell what are the fees to the user. Uh, I think that this particular feature is not a bad thing per se. Like, I think it's a good idea that the merchant can communicate to the user the fees that he's expecting. Um, it's just that the manner they did it, like without any, you know, one-sided way, without asking to the community or without asking for feedback or improvements, uh, like true lots of people off but um i i i think at the end of the day like having a way for the merchant to tell the fees is a good thing so uh, just to tell you the problem they are they are trying to fix and uh, the with this new with this new pro- extension that they did so when the network was congested like customer were paying the merchants to a certain rate and uh, the problem is that in BitPay, if the transaction takes more than one hour to get confirmed, then BitPay decide that this transaction is invalid. And like it, uh, then after the, the merchant need to send back the money or BitPay need to send back the money to the, um, to the customer. Okay. So imagine that you are in a, you know, when there, there have been lots of traffic uh, when the, the blockchain was congested, basically lots of customers were paying 
transactions were not validated after one hour, so then you need to refund all those customers. But because the network is congested, refunding those customers take even more fees. So they were kind of stocks. So their solution was, well, we might be able to impose to the user which, fa which fees they need to pay to prevent this problem. And I think at the end of the day, it's a, I mean, it's a it's good idea, but just the way they try to push it and like completely removing the, um, the address uh, turns lots of people off. Right. And then let's talk a little bit about some of the troubles that cause people who are trying to pay with Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so right now, uh, their, their new payment protocol, like most of the wallets that we're using today are not supporting it. So on my side in BTC Pay, I made like uh, uh, some tool to translate, you know, their their protocol to a no normal address that you can copy paste on another wallet. Um, I saw also Luna Node. So Luna Node are using BitPay as payment processor. So on their side, they are proposing inside their uh, their user interface. Uh, they they themselves coded a piece of code to extract the address from BitPay payment protocol and show it to the users. Uh, so like people are doing work around, uh, work around this. And uh, I got lots of merchants that came to BTC Pay whose primary reason was we don't want to deal with customer support that can't pay our product, basically. So yeah, it Turns lots of people off. Uh, I think it's a bad decision, but well, it's uh, it's good for for BTC Pay. It brings us yeah. more, more people. <laughs> yeah, sure, definitely. So I think uh, the other thing, I think we've got to obviously touch on where you famously tweeted, this is lies, I will make you obsolete. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, so uh, when, when, when this happened, basically I understood that Bitcoin was in danger if it, everybody keep depending on centralized services. Uh, so yeah, I started developing BTC Pay. And, uh, so myself, as well as a Bitcoiner, I advise people to use BitPay uh, to, to lots of customers and people I know. But basically, you know, if you're a merchant you, and you integrate BitPay, you, can, you cannot easily migrate to another, you know, solution if you don't have developer in-house that can, you know, help you with this transition. And like it takes time to test, it takes time to, to, to get it up. So my goal was uh, I wanted to migrate everybody that I, you know, advise BitPay to, to a open source solution without code, code change on their side. So I basically replicated the API of BitPay inside BTC Pay. So like merchants that are already integrating with BitPay can just, you know, seamlessly migrate to BTC Pay without any code change to their backend. So that was my, my primary uh, goal. Um, I won't say I make them completely obsolete yet. Uh, like, for example, if you want fiat integration, uh, you still need a payment processor, either like BitPay, though I will advise better one like, I don't know, Gluby or CoinPayment or like many other that has been created. Uh, but in BTC Pay later, so I know that Rockstar Dev is working on the fiat features and integration to exchanges. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's let's start with a bit, then. Let's talk with a bit of an overview around BTC Pay Server and how to set one up, and then we'll get into some of the more detailed components of it. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, you want me to talk about what about BTC Pay? Yeah, just around you know how it's sort of what's the process to set one up? How kind of how tech savvy do you need to be to okay. run one? Okay, so good question. Uh, Basically, BTC Pay, I took maybe half of my time copy, uh, like uh, coding BTC Pay and half of my time trying to find an easy way to deploy it. So, uh, where, so when you are... So my background is mostly Microsoft. Okay, I always use Microsoft product. I love what they're doing. And uh, in Microsoft Word, like installing new software is quite easier in general than in, in the Linux space. Uh, for, for one reason is that in general, Microsoft software come in one big blob of software that you install on your machine, while in Linux in general, it's very lots of different small tools that you're gluing together to get uh, something that matches your expectations. Uh, but the average user, you know, he don't know how to properly, you know, like glue everything together to make it work. And you cannot expect normal user to read like a 10 page manual on 10 different GitHub you know, pages on how to make those tools work. So uh, basically uh, lots of effort has been to make BTCP run on one command line. And actually I try to remove this command line. So like even if you are like a, you know, a user that don't have any technical skill, you can get it running. So at first, I um, so I was using Azure as a hosting provider, and Azure allow you to have a sort of wizard, which help you to provision a new VM and like install some stuff on it. And so I was using this. Uh, so you you got a wizard where you can say, okay, I want Bitcoin, Litecoin, and I want Lightning Network. Uh, please create the VM and give me the address. And so it was working fine. Uh, just that uh, Azure is very expensive and like not very efficient. Yeah, so on that, let's talk about the range of cost options now that are available to a, say I'm a merchant and I want to take Bitcoin payments and I want to self-host. I don't want to use BitPay. What other different cost ranges or options available to me? Yeah, so right now the most popular one is like around nine euro per uh, no nine dollar per month. So when I started doing it on Azure, it was sixty bucks. Uh, we managed to find ways to drop it to less than ten USD per month, and like it's really a very simple wizard. You know, like you create an account on Lunanode, you fill out your account with you can fill out your account credit with Bitcoin if you want. And uh, then you uh, you just have to go to a, cer- a certain page. There is a, si- a sort of wizard th- that you can follow up to say, okay, I want Bitcoin, Litecoin. I want uh, LND as a Lightning Network. Please do so. You click and boom, like in 10 minutes, you already have your BTC pay that is running. So yeah, ni- around nine euro per month. And one thing, I think I can drop it to four $4 with the new offer that Lunanode released recently, but I still need to make some tests around this. 
Um, there, I, I'm, uh, also, there is some people that are trying to push self-hosting at home um, BTC Pay server. So like basically you put BTC Pay server on a Raspberry Pi and then you just run it uh, at your home. You just open the port as it needed and it just works. Uh, if you do this, it's more technical, but like you can drop the price to around one or two dollars per month. Basically, it's the cost of electricity that it takes to run the Raspberry Pi. Fantastic. And I think another thing that's really great that I've noticed with the BTC Pay community around it and the Slack channel is that it's very supportive. So it's there are a lot of people who are out there creating guides. So I know Bitcoin Shirt, or I think he changed his name now to Pavlinex. He, he yes. made a really great guide. And you've got guys like Rockstar Dev, and you've got all these other people in the Slack chat. Talk a little yeah. bit about that community and how they're helping per- people set up their own BTC Pay server. Yeah, so like uh, the big contributors to this project. So there is a... Um, so Rockstar Dev came first, then there was Bitcoin Shirt that came. Uh, and uh, this day there is also Mr. Cooks that is very, uh, very uh, active. Um, there is also Brit, Brit K that is doing lots of uh, tra- translation related work uh, that is very useful. Um, so yeah, it's it's growing. And uh, so Rockstar Dev and Cooks are like, you know, developers. They're, they they think about a feature they want, they just code it. Uh, and Bitcoin Shirt is like, you know, trying to tie everything up together, like trying to document everything, making video of it to advertise it. Basically, it's like the marketing, the one-man marketing team of BTC Pay. And he did very great work. He, he like uh, did a uh, tutorials to a tut- tutorial series about if you're a merchant, how to create your own WooCommerce, you know, your own e-commerce website, how to create your own BTC Pay, how to plug them together and like, uh, you know, everything from scratch. And so lots of people came on the Slack asking questions. And, uh, you know, we are not a company, which means that we cannot expand resources to have customer support people. So that's why we depends on having this Slack and the community, you know, like, replying to each other's when there is problems and it's working fine so when i see problems like lots of questions that come back uh, very often like bitcoin shirt told me oh like this particular point like lots of people don't understand it so on my side i try to fix this code so like there is less questions the next time and like it's an iterative process you know like every two or three days i read the new versions and like, uh, you know, it's slowly, slowly uh, evolving in the right direction. Thanks to all this feedback that we get continuously every day. Fantastic. And uh, you mentioned new features there. And I think now might be a good time to just talk about this fiat exchange component. So obviously, the easiest way right now is if you just take Bitcoin and just accept Bitcoin. But obviously, the reality is many merchants do not have prices denominate for their inputs the things that they're buying are not in bitcoin so they have to convert it back into usd or whatever other fiat talk to us a little bit about what the plans are around that fiat exchange component okay so the main developer on fiat stuff right now is rockstar dev um so as a general rule i never code something that i don't choose myself uh so 
for example, I, I never sell Bitcoin. I always hold all on my side. So like I have no interest in the coding Fiat's integration myself. Uh, but like Rockstar Dev, for example, is working on it. And as far as I understand, I'm not sure because he didn't talk to me too much about what he's doing exactly. But the way he's thinking is if you are a merchant, you buy some stock of Bitcoin on some exchange. So like, uh, let's say you buy like one Bitcoin on, uh, on uh, I don't know, Coinbase. And like when a payment is incoming into your store, immediately you sell, you know, a bit of this stock of one Bitcoin. Right. So it's almost, it's almost like there's a float maintained on the exchange. Yes. Yes. And so basically, when the, the money is received by the merchants, then the money will be forwarded to the exchange and like the balance will be restored to one Bitcoin eventually. I right. think and that's what he's yeah. working on. Right. And my understanding then would be this is because, again, Bitcoin on-chain was not necessarily designed to function as a retail-level payments network. And because of these you know, difficulties that you might face around confirmation time, once a transaction is sent, it may not necessarily confirm instantly, or it, in most cases it won't. So yeah. that's why we need this, this sort of uh, yeah. concept of a float held at the exchange. Yep. So basically, it's, uh, so like I tell you before, BitPay, if the, tra- the transaction doesn't confirm after one hour, the... Uh, they call this invoice invalid. And the reason, the reason behind it is uh, between the time that the customer sends a transaction, uh, no, the, between the time that the invoice is created on the merchant side to the time this, in, uh, the, this transaction is confirmed by the network, uh, you know, the exchange rate is like changing a lot. So like uh, that's why that BitPay like after one hour, if the transaction is not confirmed, they say oh the exchange rate changed so much that we cannot ensure about this particular exchange rate. So um, that's why our, our plan is really to do like we we receive a transaction, we convert immediately on the exchange, and then later the coins are like forwarded to the exchange. So it means it still means that the the merchants. Is taking some risk on one Bitcoin because he has like a stock of one Bitcoin on the exchange, but at least it's calculated risk. Right. And so the idea there, so tell me if you don't know the, the detail, um, but is Rockstar working with any particular exchanges on who he might try to set this up to work with? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know. I know he's working on this. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's working with a particular exchange. I know that lots of exchange approached him to work around this, so I would say probably. Uh, okay, but I, I, I don't know enough myself about it. Excellent. So, well, I'll, we'll have to get him on eventually. But uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. So, but the thing is that uh, in BTC Pay, it's not like there is a specific roadmap. It's more like you know, different different contributor want different features and just like get it done and then we ship it. Uh, so there is no like, we are a big roadmap and people stick into it. It's just like, you know, a need and that you just code it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. No, I totally appreciate that. I mean, that's the the nature of open source software. It's not like a standard company where there's someone paying you to do a certain function. 
Um, but I think another area that might be good for you to touch on is just around this idea of getting from the broader Bitcoin, uh, you know, what we might call the Bitcoin community. Obviously, years and years down the line, there won't be a Bitcoin community, but for now, there still is. Are you getting a lot of support? Are you getting a lot of people who recommend, who kind of bring you new people who might use BTC Pay Server? Yeah, I mean, so BTC Pay Server, like in one year, uh, it like developed entirely thanks to the Bitcoin community. Like we didn't invest it into any marketing. Uh, like we, we didn't even had an official website since like last month. So uh, like it's, it has been entirely community driven or like of like people trying it, you know, talking to other people about it. And then at their turn, they try it and like it and then spread the virus a little bit more. Um, we, we, so even, even for example, Bitcoin shirt, uh, that is our main, let's say marketing guy in the team. Uh, he came himself because like he learned about BTC pay about, uh, by somebody else in the community and then try it for his own store where he's selling t-shirt and he found it very interesting. So like he's dedicating lots of resources to help spreading the virus. So it has been very organical and like, you know, it's it's thanks to the community, you know, it's and people just spreading the word of mouth. And it's it's I, I prefer it to be like this because imagine that we invest in marketing and like lots of people come at once uh, because we don't have any support team behind it. Like this will quickly implode. But if the communities keep growing and growing, even if there is more and more question, it doesn't matter too much because there is so many people using it by now that lots of people can reply to questions. So it's, you know, it's very organical growth. And uh, yeah, I hope it would continue like this. Excellent. And now the other aspect there is also around hardware. So I know I haven't looked into it too much, but I know Noddle were looking into this idea of putting in BTC Pay Server software built into the hardware full node product. Can you comment a little bit on that? Well, that is awesome. Um, so there is Noddle it and as well Lightning in the Box. Uh, there is several people trying to do this. Um, so I, I'm very fan of this approach because it means like you you go further, you know, you own your own ad, ad, hardware. You don't even depends on one uh, data center and it's way better for the network. So right now in BTC Pay, most people use Luna Node to host because it's the simplest one. But what if Luna Node tomorrow go out of business and it can have a sizable, sizable impact? Uh, of course, I can make, you know, other tutorial to other host provider, uh, but... If people run, you know, their BTC, their own BTC pay in their own ho- home, you completely remove this problem at all. You know, like you don't have a single point of failure anymore. Um, the the big the big uh, challenge. So m- myself and my company in Japan, we we will try to try to do some kind of box like this as well. Um, but the main the main uh, difficult part in this project is. Lots of consumer like don't know how to configure their router. You know, if you host a service at home, you need to configure what we call the NAT uh, of your router. And so like, it's quite technical. 
so it's not ready for everyone. And on top of this, there is lots of, of, of uh, internet provider that don't provide static IP, which means that you cannot just configure your, a DNS name to point to your home. Um, there is solution to this that I'm thinking about, uh, but it's uh, it's still a bit messy. I, I'm still wondering uh, how to make it as easy as possible. And I, I, st- I don't have the perfect answer yet. Right, right. right. People still need to be a little bit technical savvy to, to set it up with these boxes. Right. And I suppose one some of the other difficulties could just be if you live in an area where you don't have reliable internet that might drop out or in power might drop out and then how would you take payments on it that kind of thing as well yeah that kind of thing as well but there is also some people that are asking um you know where they say oh we don't really want btc pay to be accessible from the outside so it simplifies some stuff but not everything so for example if you want to accept lightning payments you need a public IP and a fixed IP to receive the payments. So, yeah, it's still, it's still, there's still things to think about. Uh, yeah, and uh, indeed, if for example you want to accept Lightning payment and you don't have a reliable connection, then you have more problems. So it's yeah, there, there's still things to be fixed. Uh, I hope to push this uh, this push to self-hosting at home, but yeah, there's some technical uh, technical consideration around this. Sure, sure. And I suppose then the other the other angle is also as Bitcoin grows up, we'll see more and more commercialization around some of these things, and we may start to see more and more companies and providers who come out and say, "Hey, we'll set up and configure the BTCP site." BTC pay server for you, that kind of uh, concept. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I hope so. So Luna Node themselves, you know, they, they, they created this w- simple wizard uh, to create your BTC pay. Actually, this wizard is open source itself. Uh, so like, I think they are using cloud init. I don't really know what it is, but like for provisioning new VM, they are using this cloud init tool. And um, they created this... Uh, they created this wizard where if you are a hosting provider as well using this cloud in it, cloud in it stuff, you can just use the stuff that Lunanode did and uh, it can easily spread that way. But um, right now, I don't know how interested are other you know, host provider to, to offer this kind of specific service. Right, but I guess it all helps out. Yeah, yeah, it will help out, but right now I, I saw only Luna Node doing this. Got it. I see. Uh, I see. Yeah, if, if there is another host provider that is interested into doing this, I, I wish they joined the Slack and then we can all talk together about it and help them to do it. <laughs> okay, excellent. And um, I think another good point that you were touching on earlier is just around, in general, the rise of self-hosting. So obviously that is becoming more relevant nowadays especially with this whole patreon shutdown more and more people looking at alternatives what else is required to help people use bitcoin in a self-hosting approach so for example making sure that their servers don't get shut down or other tech infrastructure not just the payments component do you have any ideas on that uh yeah so it's very hard problem basically so 
So here is the thing, for example, Gab right now is using, Gab.com is using a BTC Pay server. And basically recently they have been like targeted by political opponents to try to shut them down even if they did nothing, nothing wrong. Uh, and basically the way it works is that uh, they have uh, some services hosted to, on some IP address. And then uh, like, polit- uh, like people are trying to find who, is host- who owns this IP address and then complain to the owner of this IP address. And then this owner like, has better things to do than processing this sort of complaint. So like, they just shut them down. Uh, so it's very problematic. The only pro, you know, like the only way to fix this problem is using Tor. Uh, so you know, one of the ways of using, the simplest way to solve this problem is using Tor. Like if you are using Tor, then you are fine. You know, like they, they won't manage to shut you down. But like most people don't use Tor. So you have another option that I tr- that I will I think push people to, and it's related to those boxes as well. So. Uh, one solution is you host your uh, BTC Pay server box inside your own data center, okay? Except that you don't accept queries directly into your data center. Instead, what you are doing is like you set up another server. So for example, a very small server on Lunanode. On Lunanode, you set up some SSH server and like you use a system like what, what we call a reverse, uh, reverse tunneling. So basically what will happen is that if a user wants to go to your website, he will use the public IP of Lunanode and Lunanode will forward the request to your backend server that is on some another IP that you, you, know, you control. Right, an intermediate step. Yes, and so basically if there is a complaint, so like if people complain to Lunanode, of course, Lunanode will shut you down. But, you know, you, you don't really have to care. You just go to another jurisdiction, opening a new server, and, like, just re- resetting these tunneling things, and then you're back online. So it, then it becomes very unproductive to try to, you know, like, reach those IP owners because it's so easy to pop up a new service because right. they don't own your data. It, it's only possible because... Uh, you know the server, the service provider don't own your data. Your data is owned by yours, so it's right. uh, it's related as well to the boxes, basically. Right, and I, and I imagine the other way is essentially if you're lucky, like say Gab, they managed. I think they've managed to find a provider who just is willing to still continue hosting them. Yeah, so uh, I, it's good that they find it, but it will work until one point, you know. We never know when it will break. Um, but, well, I guess if it breaks, they can, you know, jump to another provider as well. You know, they, uh, as they're getting more and more kicked and that every time they get kicked, they learn more and more about this space and uh, they will become more and more resistant to it. I, like... Gaps.com before trying to use BTC Pay, like tried many, many other solutions. Basically, they tried every single centralized payment processor that they could. And like MasterCard basically was like pulling the strings to prevent them to, you know, to, to service Gaps.com. And at the end of the day, they become Bitcoin maximalists because they, that's the only thing they, you know, the only way for them to accept money then. So, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they become more and more efficient at it as uh, 
know, they, they can ban them, but at one point they will always come back. It's, it becomes a little bit like uh, the story of um, the government trying to shut down torrenting, you know, like say how they tried to shut down the Pirate Bay, but then someone keeps, you know, making proxies and re-pulling it back up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I mean, as long as you own the data, you know, as long as you own your own data in your own end, then they can shut you down. You can, you just have to find another way to get back online. It's eventually possible, you know. So yeah, it's no, 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 no problem. I think uh, about this. Uh, but well, it's still right now, technically speaking, it's still a bit hard to do it. Uh, I tr- I will try to make it easier, but it's, uh, you know. I always come back in the sense of, on my side, I'm always coding only stuff that I, I use myself. And uh, myself, I'm not, you know, I'm not targeting that this kind of behaviors. So like, you know, I'm less motivated to work on it than say gaps.com or, or people like this. So if people are targeted and are willing to help me on this, like it will be very helpful. Right, right. Okay, another area, so you, you touched on this earlier, was just around the hosted options. So companies like uh, Globy, OpenNode, CoinGate. Do you have any thoughts on the main trade-offs that uh, a person has to think about when they're thinking about whether they want to use BTC Pay Server self-hosted or, or whether they would go through one of those other options? Well, um, so the, the other options are possible depending on where you live, depending on the jurisdiction and depending on of your political inclinations. So like if you're a GAB, like I mean, Gluby, coin payment or anything else, like eventually will get shut down. Like there is no question of, of, about this. Uh, for people that are not politically targeted, um, I, I think they can be good solution, but because of the fact that you don't control your own key, what you can do with those payment processes are, are like way more um, restricted. So, for example, BTC Pay Server is not only useful for merchant. Actually, it's very good wallet. You can use it for uh, as a as a wallet, and uh, you depend on, on your own node. So, like, you don't leak any privacy. Uh, you can't do this with coin payment or like or Gluby or, or the, those kind of services. And like we have other features that are pretty cool. So for example, we have the point of sales feature where uh, you can very easily create, you know, a very sim- simple point of sale, very easy to, uh, you know, operate and then create invoice out of this. Uh, you know, it's like kind of feature that is possible only with BTC Pay, not with Gluby. Um, or recently there is Mr. Cooks that, that, uh, created a crowdfunding application of BTC Pay. I don't know if you have seen it. I've heard of it. You, yeah, it's, I, I can send you the link later, but like, basically anybody can create their own fully customized, uh, crowdfunding page and, uh, you know, and be public and then people can just send lightning payments, uh, you know, Bitcoin payments to it. And uh, so it's fun, you know, it's kind of fun feature like this that you cannot really do with centralized payment processors. And uh, way more fun feature like this will come in the future in BTC Pay. So uh, yeah, keep tuned. Yeah, it's a very exciting space. I think there's a lot of possibilities around this whole concept of self-hosting. 
Uh, have you got anything else that you wanted to bring up around BTC Pay Server? Anything to look out for coming up or anything else to point, uh, that you want to bring up? Well, there, there is also a, a very interesting thing uh, with BTC Pay is that because it's open source, there is some people that are just forking BTC Pay, you know, hiding their own feature or hiding their own design. And like, you know, time to time merging the upstream changes. So like if you're a business and like BTC Pay doesn't even match it, uh, you know, doesn't even completely match what you want to do, it's very easy to fork. And I, I, I plan to do it even more easy, easier to fork in the future. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of flexibility that you can get from open source project, but not from other centralized payment processors. Uh, for the features to look out, um, so there is a, the fiat things that Rockstar Dev is working on. I can't say myself too much about it because I'm not, I don't really know as, uh, that much about it. Um, there is cooks that have a pull request about doing permanent invoices. So the idea, so imagine that you are, uh, you are a freelance and you want to request a payment to your customer. Um, the problem right now is like when you create an invoice with BTC, it locks the rate, you know, the, the rate is locked for like 15 minutes. Yeah. So like if the user don't pay in 15 minutes, then you need to create a new invoice. You know, it's not very user friendly. So like Mr. Cooks is doing a new feature where, you know, it creates a simple page, a payment, he call that payment request page. So like you send a link to this page to your customer and when your customer want to pay, just click on it. It takes the rate of the day, creates the invoice and he can pay. So it's, uh, so like he can pay at his own convenience. Um, Fantastic. And, and yeah, the last thing I will work is what we, we were talking about. A way, so you, you remember when I talked to you, talk you about the, this reverse tunneling? Yep features that yeah. is to prevent people to be shut down actually it's not only useful for people uh, that are politically uh, targeted it's also very useful for uh, for people that want to host BTC Pay at home because they don't have a uh, you know a fixed IP so like if you don't have a fixed IP with this reverse tunneling solution you can still create your own BTC Pay and uh, and and have a very easy setup, and you don't have to configure the NAT or that kind of things. So like, it's not even useful for you know politically targeted people, but also for people that just want to plug the box at home and like that it just work. So uh, that that will be what I will work on in the short term. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's really uh, fascinating to see all the ways these different technologies are kind of uh, building out together and interacting in different ways and you've got you know the hardware guys and then you've got you guys and and, and there's just a really uh really interesting what's the word kind of symbiosis there in the way that some of the different products are kind of interacting together yeah it's it, it it's all it's always a question of you know in open source like people are not paid which means that they need to find their own motivation uh to to code so, some features so it can be profit related, like people selling boxes, they hope to make profit with it. Uh, like people like Cooks uh, did the crowdfunding app because like 
he himself has cool idea to code and want to raise money by doing this. So like when people are like customer of their own product, it gives like lots of, you know, uh, motivation to code on it. And then uh, as more stuff getting built, some other people say, oh, oh, what you do is pretty cool. I want to use it for myself and like maybe improve it. And then, you know, little by little, the product become bigger and bigger. You know, it's... Yeah, it's very organic growth and uh, it's, it's the beauty of open source. Yeah, I think you make a great point around how many people, they just want to scratch their own itch and then that is what drives people to go and do different projects. Yep, yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, have you got anything else that you want to get the listeners to, to know in terms of how they can, if they want to come and support BTC Pay Server or anything else to consider? Yeah, I mean... A very good way to help BTC Pay Server is using it by yourself and see for your own case, like what is, you know, the gaps of features that you would like and like just discuss it on the Slack, get some developer motivated to do it or like developing it yourself, you know, like it, it, it's fun, you know, and you don't have to be a merchant, you know, even if you are a normal user that just want an easy way to manage your wallet where you don't click your addresses to third parties, then BTC space for you as well. So yeah, just try, just try it, have fun with it, and like come on the Slack, sharing your experience. Excellent. Okay, and uh, where can people find you guys and find the Slack? It's uh, slack.btcpayserver.org. Okay, excellent. And also, obviously, your Twitter is Nicola Dorio. I'll put the link, obviously, well, in the show there, notes. There is also, there is also the BTC space, uh, BTC Pay Server uh, Twitter account as well. Ah, yes, I'll link that as well. So Twitter for that. Okay, excellent. Um, anything, any final comments? Uh, that's, uh, uh, yeah, as well, you can also send uh, the link to our YouTube channel because like we have a YouTube channel with lots of video to get started, like to play with BTCPay and that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, I, will, I, I send it to you by text. Excellent. All right. Well, okay. look, thank you very much for coming on, Nicola. I hope um, the... Um, I hope uh, the listeners found it interesting to just learn a little bit more about BTC Pay Server. Yeah, I hope so. I think they will. (laughs) There you go. I hope you enjoyed hearing more about the BTC Pay Server project and why Nicola started it. More importantly, I hope you'll be interested to go and try it out. So go and check out the YouTube channel for some how-to videos and join the BTC Pay Server Slack and discuss with the guys. Links are in the show notes on my website, stefanlevera.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, remember to retweet and share with your friends. That's it from me. Thanks and chat next time. (laughs) 